0: I grew up in africa i immigrated to england um i grew up and uh, somali so i grew up in the somali culture and the somali culture was um i'm assuming most of it is uh now to uh, predominantly muslim okay. so i grew up somali and muslim which is a which is double conservative Okay. That way. Uh-huh. so no one expected that by my age right now, I would be married to a Jewish man um, in Miami, meditating and calling consciousness my religion.
1: Welcome to a conscious way forward, a podcast about healing, reimagining leadership, and reinventing education. If you're a seeker, change maker, or dreamer, you're in the right place. I'm your host, David K. Richards and I'm on a mission to help individuals rise in consciousness and to usher in a new paradigm of a more equitable and just global society. As an educator, founder and CEO, dadpreneur, coach, and ambassador for change, I share my conscious journey through real, raw, and relatable stories while engaging in conversations with a diverse group of guests. I discuss timeless wisdom teachings and how they've helped me navigate life, leadership, parenting, and heal my traumatic childhood wounds. If you're ready to come home to your soul's purpose, co-create a more equitable world, dream, act, and heal forward together, then please continue to listen. If you're not in the now here, you're nowhere. How cool is that? My guest today is Faiza Lebon. Faiza shared this concept that she learned from her first mindfulness course years ago. Faze is a mindfulness facilitator who's passionate about creating communication that's conscious and mindful. And I can tell you our conversation was just that. She shares how her, her experience being raised in Kenya, immigrating to England, and settling down in Miami has inspired her to help parents and children develop their skills to be conscious and mindful. She has a beautiful vision for a global generation that is focused on oneness, not sameness. Where we include all types of people and appreciate our uniqueness. If you're interested in mindful parenting, conscious conversations, being present, diversity and inclusion, you'll definitely want to give this episode a listen. All right, welcome everyone. I'm here with Faiza Lebon. I'm so excited to have her. Like I mentioned before, I'm doing a four-part series on conscious leadership, intuitive leadership. And intuitively, Faiza was one of the first people that came to mind, came to heart. I was like, I got to talk to Faiza. So I'd love to start by just asking you to share with our audience a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you better.
0: Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. And uh, I love talking to you. I feel like we've connected over so much. That is um, soul-filling for me. So thank you for having me. I'm so lucky to be here with you today. Absolutely. And uh, I live in Miami. I have two children. One is 11 and one is 14. I am married and uh, has, have been at home for a while now with my children, actually, since my first daughter was born. And until two years ago when I started working on mindfulness-type projects. So mm. I see myself as a mindfulness facilitator. Mm. and, uh, working to really connect with everybody and also ensure that we are helping parents and children, um, use the skills they already have, but more develop them so that they can have a more conscious and mindful relationship with their children.
1: Hmm. Beautiful. Okay. And then I know we met through the Dr. Shafali course, and I'd love to kind of hear your story about how did you kind of go on this journey of consciousness and mindfulness and, um, you know, just what brought you to this moment?
0: So this is a really interesting one for me because I started meditating, I would say about 15, 16 years ago and considered myself conscious in a way. Mm -hmm. And then we all know when we become parents, (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Things get shaken up. So I had my children and I think I remember my older daughter being in fifth grade
1: okay.
0: and me just being at a level where I felt conscious. My kids were meditating with us every Sunday at a Buddhist okay. center
1: okay.
0: and something was missing. And I'll tell you what that piece was. I was an overworrier. Oh. I wasn't happy with the education my children were getting. Um, we We were in a great school, amazing educators, but the education system was really just it felt frustrating for me yeah, yeah and then whenever the children were navigating something out of their out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. I felt like I was becoming a little bit too conflicted over over that too mm. and I knew at that point there was something missing, and a friend of mine said, "You've got to listen to Dr. Shivali <laughs> Oh, Shefali, I know she's always on Oprah. One day I'll listen to her. <laughs> but then there was this one incident, and I remember thinking, I am conscious, I am joyful, I am compassionate, but something is missing, and I didn't know what that was. So I was listening to Deepak Chopra and um, and um, Oprah Winfrey's 21-day free meditation, yes. and Oprah had mentioned Dr. Shafali again. okay. And that was it. I said, okay, I'm going to reach out. I found that Dr. Shafali was organizing Evolve. Mm -hmm. And that was two weeks before Evolve. So it was too soon. But I I bought her book, The Awakened Family. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you responded to that, David, but I immediately signed up for her course, The Year of the Awakened Heart. And I tell you, on day one she said this work is treacherous Uh and it was treacherous I went inward and I realized that I needed to to go inward Uh and I needed to grow myself and I needed to nurture myself in order to step out of my children's way Uh and it was such a powerful awakening for me because I thought I was conscious I thought I meditated but one thing I hadn't planned on was the fact that my own unfinished business within me hmm. was impeding not only my progress, but the best I could give my children.
1: Right. Right.
0: That was it?
1: Wow. Okay. And so you start kind of went on this journey and um, you realized that meditation by itself and kind of doing some of this work was helpful, yes. but it wasn't treacherous enough to take you to this next level of your journey. And, um, I, so, you know, I really wanted to talk to you. I actually don't know why, why I want to talk to you from, from like a logical standpoint. I just knew I wanted to talk to you. So we'll see what we talk about, but, um, but I do, I do really feel like this podcast is all about intuitive leadership. And I feel like you're someone I see as a leader and I see as someone who's very intuitive. And so how do you, um, kind of go about your life with your intuition and know how do you make decisions on your projects on where your kids are going to go to school like these kind of real world decisions But um you know you can be making these decisions with the wrong lens i like to say and kind of get into a a lot of troubles or you can make the decisions from an intuitive lens and see that things can flow so i'd just like to hear how you kind of navigate that
0: so i i i'm i'm really glad you asked this one because I weed one thing out of the way. Anytime I have to weigh a decision, um, the pros and cons of making a decision, whether it's about my children or about my profession or whether it's about anything that I'd like to endeavor, I've de- I decided there's only one person I usually had to weed out. And that was me. Uh, and, uh, and what does that mean? If it's a decision about my children, okay. I remember clearly the years I would make a decision based on not only how I was feeling about it, but what I thought it would do for my child. Mm. And now I, I, I literally, I go, I pluck phaser out mm-hmm. and I sanitize and I say, who is this for? And what, it, what will it do? How will it benefit this person, not me? And if it's a decision specifically about me and my career or even who I speak with. yeah. I take me out of the equation. I say, how does this serve others? Where can we take this? Is this something everyone can relate to? Or is this, and we tend to do this, is this going to be self-indulging?
1: Right. If it
0: is, it's out of the question. And if it's something that is giving and it's for others and it's universal, then I'm in.
1: Okay, so you take, okay, so I'm so curious now. So <laughs> <they> <laughs> take Faiza out of this. So yeah. Do you have an example of something like maybe a project you're working on or a decision with your kids or something like that that might help us understand it?
0: I do. Okay. So cool. one example, I think for my kids um, that I, it comes up in many different variations actually is mm-hmm. that as parents, we, we are constantly balancing the form and the formless. Right. And they're equally important, especially during their formative years. Yeah. So um, I was more passionate, for example, about my children being balanced human beings who love learning yeah. and not children who are enduring learning. Mm. And as a result, I almost became anti-public school education because of the way it was constructed. Right. And then right. the new phaser became this is what we have now. We have choices. We've chosen okay. to stay. Uh let's get mommy's feelings out of the way. Right. right. But the kids still need to do well at school. So how do I balance this for them and say, all right, people, let's, this is for your form. We call it the life bucket at home. Uh, So we say, all right, so this is your life bucket. Uh And meaning as you go through, through this life of form, Uh you Uh need school, you need an education and you need to feel good knowing that you can achieve and take care of yourself later so that's yeah, your bucket yeah. and it has nothing to do with me it has everything to do with the fact that i've been tasked with the responsibility of guiding these humans to a productive place so that they can support themselves so i do that and then but but i also feel their formless bucket so when they finish work i'm big on all right you check that let's have fun what do you want to do let's fill your other bucket mm. would you like to go for a walk would you like to do art would you like to just sit and do nothing yes, so yeah. i am very conscious about their life bucket and their fun bucket and we call it fun bucket because <laughs> i say it's for them
1: right, right
0: you know it's for them even if it's something that's you know a sport that could mm. be seen as um as as a chore one of my children lives for sports so i know she is filling her bucket when she's exercising so that's what i do with the children if they're starting a new sport or something new are they doing it for me or are they doing it for them so that phase has changed so much that if they have nothing to do and they're home but they're happy i'm okay with that so when it comes to me I remember working on a project for myself called Global Minded Parents. Mm-hmm. I was so attached to this project. But I also yeah. know as useful as it is, and as useful a message, it will always be because it'll be a facet of my mindfulness facilitation. I made it bigger than it really was. Mm-hmm. You know, I am the mom. I had, I am the woman in the interracial marriage. I am the woman that wanted to use the model of my family to educate the world. And as much as there was a place for it, a place of service in the world for it, it meant too much to me. And I needed to sit down and say, who is this for? Is this for me? Or is this for the world? And now I know it is for the world, but not in its entirety. I don't have to dedicate everything to that. I can incorporate it into part of mindfulness and growth and consciousness, mm-hmm. and it can be another facet of our lives.
1: Wow. Okay. That's really cool. And it makes a lot of, now I, now I really do understand what you are saying about like clearing out phasa. So tell us about the projects you're working on. So you have, you have global minded parents. Yes. And I know you're also doing some other projects and like mindfulness, mindful moments or mindfulness with faith. You tell me, you tell me, what are the other projects you're doing?
0: (laughs) Uh, So Global Minded Parents is very much alive. And uh, the concept behind that was, how can we raise a generation that is global? A generation that um, feels that they have the idea of oneness, not sameness. The idea of celebrating our differences, but not getting rid of them. Yeah. And see each individual for who they really, really are. and celebrating that. So I think that's definitely still something that's much actually needed even more than ever before now. Uh, what I'm working on right now is, and I playfully call it mindful moments with Thesa, Okay. It, it's having mindful dialogue, David. It's communicating in a way that's conscious and mindful because look at where we are today. Look at our world today. Yeah. And we are all a product of our conditioning. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. One is our generational conditioning and the other yeah. is our collective conditioning. Yeah. And we both know where we are collectively today. Look at our collective world. Yeah. And, and and I see people and I feel it, it's literally stressed by osmosis.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and so when I look at that, look at our politics, look at our racial division, I think to myself, what is true for us as a collective and what is true for me as a person? Yep. And, and, and I have the humility to accept that what's true for me today and what's true maybe true for you, David, mm-hmm. it's not true for everybody. Exactly. So we're more fragmented than we, we ever were before. So this idea of coming up with a, it's a three week course that I'll be curating and I'll be sharing with you, uh, send you more information on is okay. that work on the three elements of, um, mindful dialogue that I think could really change the way we see each other, the way we look at each other and the way we connect with each other. So one of them is presence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For me to be able to have a meaningful conversation with you, I have to be here.
1: Yep.
0: And, 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 I, and I see that in you. Um, when we are in communication, I feel like we are fully there. Yes. Right? Well, yes. nodding. So, <laughs> what do you think of that? I think that it, I think it's something that people do not consciously think about that I would like us to be on purpose about.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and then the second element is awareness. And I think that when we are aware, When we are present, we can become aware. Mm -hmm. Once we have awareness, we can actually hear the other person. Yes. can listen in for what they want to say to us.
1: About the autobiographical listening. I love that from, I think it was the Seven Habits, talks about it's auto, everyone basically, basically 99% of the world listens autobiographically, meaning that whatever you're saying, I'm just already thinking about how it connects to me. And then I'm gonna say how whatever you said about me. And so, um, you know, the seven habits talks about first, what is it? Seek first to understand then to be heard. So it's like, first, you really deeply try to understand what the person's saying before you try and say what you're trying to say, what you want to say.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I love that. Um, I don't think I have read that, but I'll, I'll look it up. And uh, so, oh, yes. so, so for me, it's more, if I'm present, if I'm here, I can feel your energy. I can, mm-hmm. I can, in that mm-hmm. space with you. Mm-hmm. Number two, once I'm there, I can become more aware about what you're saying, how yes. you're saying it. but more importantly, David, I can I can be aware of my own body. What are your words yes. doing to me? Yeah. How am I receiving you? And once I do that, I can respond to you in a way that I've heard your need to be heard. Mm-hmm. And and one thing I've been practicing with with the kids is just to say sometimes something like, hey, I just want to make sure that I got what you were saying to me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes? Can I can I just repeat what you said? So, so I know you heard me Yes. And, and they'll say, okay. Typically they'll look at me like that, they're like, okay. And I'll say, you know, just, it's more for me. You know, I want to mm-hmm. make sure you were really heard so that if I respond, I'm giving it to you from a place of connection. Yeah. And you know, then the other person is heard. And to, in this environment today, Mm-hmm. If we even stopped there, we've achieved a lot. We oh, just yeah. go, okay, I don't agree with you, I think. We're not on <laughs> the same page, but I really heard you. <laughs> yes. yes. And then we can unpack it. And mm-hmm. and for me, when we are unpacking it, it really, that's when we, we really have fun. Is this person making an emotional request?
1: Right. Are they making
0: right. a logistical request? Mm-hmm. Are they making a professional work-related response? Mm-hmm. Are they seeking my emotional connection? Mm-hmm. Or are they seeking my input in a practical way? Mm-hmm. You know? So I can really unpack it and say, okay, there's something going on here. Or are they really just looking to be heard and to be listened to?
1: Right, right.
0: You know? So I think this is uh, these are really critical skills that I'd love to work with parents on.
1: Oh. And, every- <laughs> and everybody.
0: I tell everybody, uh, forget parenting. I've become the temperature of this house. If I don't hear my husband,
1: uh-huh.
0: I've not. I've missed out on a complete
1: yeah.
0: huge opportunity to connect with him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And when we really hear other people, it becomes less about I and more about us.
1: Yes,
0: no. So we go from the me to the we and we forget that if that your child came in with a tantrum or your wife or your partner came in with an issue, instead of seeing it as kind of, oh, my God, here we go again. You know, more conflict. Mm -hmm. It just takes one of us. If someone's here, it takes one of us to stay here, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and then you hear them and you hear that person, you watch them come back down and you're like, oh, hi, I see you. (laughs) I so, love so it. That's what I'm excited yes. about right now to really pass these skills on to parents. Yes. And because, because we, the parents, really are responsible for shaping the next generation. If oh, we absolutely. Yeah. give them these skills, you see how they'll relate to each other that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm hoping at least that when they're adults, they will have another level of consciousness that just just another layer we didn't have.
1: Right, right
0: yeah okay so that's what's firing me up right now
1: yes i love it i love it i love it and i feel like it's um it's so just accurate like around so you're really trying to be present and as you were saying be present i felt your pause and your deep presence like we we connected yes be present and we're like both like present and then um to be aware and then to respond right Oh, look, I just repeated it back to you. I wasn't actually doing that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to clarify, like, is that what you said? It's intuitive. <laughs> exactly. It's intuitive. And I, I do feel like before 2020, I would say, you know, communication is everything. And now it's really quite divisive and, you know, everyone's, you choose that side or this side or whatever. And um, I would really love to hear with the globally minded parents, that yes. was help. Yeah. How so I know you're you're you know you have a really interesting story, like you're in Miami, but that's not where you started. So what what's the what's the why behind the globally minded, like wanting you said something that was really cool. You said that you want people to understand that what was oneness and versus sameness.
0: Oneness not sameness. Oneness, not sameness. So
1: yeah, what was the kind of impetus for you to start this? And what's the like the joy and and the passion behind the global, the global minding, minded
0: character? So I don't know if I shared this with you, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Right. I, I grew up in Africa. I immigrated to England. Um, I grew up. I'm uh, Somali, so I grew up in the Somali culture, and the Somali culture was. Um, I'm assuming most of it is uh, now to uh, predominantly Muslim. Okay. So I grew up Somali and Muslim, which is a which is double conservative. Okay. That way. Uh-huh. So. No one expected that by my age right now, I would be married to a Jewish man mm. um, in Miami, <laughs> meditating and calling consciousness my religion. So, <laughs> so oh,
1: yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, See, I so that I had awesome story
1: there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think you know I my my own journey was pretty global. So I left Kenya moved to London where I really at 19 started to explore who I really was becoming. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow that led me to mindfulness. And um, my first mindfulness class was a joke because I had no idea what I was expecting. And I sat down <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the guy kind of running the class had a, a whiteboard and he had written the word nowhere on the board. And uh, I looked at it and thought, okay. And everyone sat, got into position, started to meditate. I had never done this before. I was fixated on the word. The whole 15 minutes, I couldn't (laughs) let it go. (laughs) Oh, was someone here before? Was that just Uh here from before the class? It was really, you know, just, I was wasting time. Uh At some point he addressed me and he said, You want to come up? I think something like that. I can't phrase exactly. And I said, no. (laughs) So he got up. And between the the word now and here, he just placed a forward stroke. Uh, Yes. Yes. And he didn't say a word, he sat back down and I got it. I got it. And then 40 minutes later when the class was over, he said, and don't forget, if you're not in the now here, you are nowhere and that's so good <laughs> yes i use that david yes. i didn't meditate i sat with just the word nowhere and now here mm-hmm. so from that i met my husband eventually moved down to miami here i am the somali african muslim girl or former muslim girl like how
1: old are you at this point man. sorry how old are you at this point
0: um at that point i'm 30 okay so by okay. the time i'm moving here i'm 30 okay. i am I'm about to make what my girlfriends would then call juice limbs. Uh, Those are the children.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
0: (laughs) Yes, I'm in Miami and I am hosting play dates in my house. Mm -hmm. And that's when the idea hit me. The kids were, the babies were crawling in my living room. One was Brazilian, one was half Bulgarian, half German. One was half Colombian. Half American, one was half Dutch, half American. Yeah. Um, we we had all these little kids in my house, and the Brazilian friend was bringing Brazilian cheese bread, and everyone was, you know, bringing something from their culture, and that's yeah. when it hit me. And uh, it was the first time I looked at diversity,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not from a skin tone perspective, mm-hmm. but from a cultural standpoint. Mm -hmm. Every child in that room was from somewhere. Mm -hmm. 99% of them looked exactly the same Mm -hmm. with slight variation, maybe dark hair, maybe blonde, maybe not. My kids are mixed. And I got this overwhelming, just, I was filled with gratitude. I was feeling, I was filled with a a kind of love I had not experienced before. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And we were talking as if we were sisters that had known each other forever. Our children were mingling and crawling like they had known each other forever. And you could, on the surface, things were normal, but that room was so rich with culture and there was zero judgment and there was no focus on our our differences, but you could tell our differences were being appreciated. Mm -hmm. My Bulgarian friend would bring something called Bulgarian toast Okay. But I can't remember what, there was a word there before toast, and my daughter was obsessed with that. <laughs> so here I was, African girl from Africa in Miami, raising okay. half African, half American with elements of Somali, Islam um, background, and um I'm a Jewish father. And I was thinking, this is it. This is what the world needs to look like. Mm. And... So when I started my work with Shefali, um, I remember thinking, okay. So when I say this is the word needs to look like, why do I need the word to, the world to look that way? Uh-huh. You know. So that was the first time I started to question global-minded parents. Who is this for? Uh-huh. Yeah. Do I am I desperate to create this for my children, or is this what the world really needs? Yeah. And the concept behind global-minded parents was to Teach and share wisdom across the globe and have a place where we are sharing wisdom from Africa, from Asia, from Europe, from America, South America, Australia, where we are sharing wisdom all over the world. If it's about sleepless nights and breastfeeding, how are the Africans doing it? How is yeah. it being done in Asia? How is it, you know, a collective place to share that? But also a place where we can use mindfulness uh-huh. as a global tool to give our children the skills they need to be authentic beings,
1: Uh
0: or rather to remain authentic beings. So that was the second element. And number three was, how do we not make technology the enemy? How do we raise a generation of global children who can embrace technology, use it well, and be a friend of technology? So that those are the aspects, but now what I see is I see mindful living, I see mm-hmm. conscious living and li- leadership, yep. Yep. I see technology, I see diversity, mm-hmm. I see oneness. <laughs> so I see all of it, and I feel like you know okay. we can create a place that anybody in is welcome, yep. a place where we celebrate parts of who I, you know, who I came this world as, who you came uh-huh. this world as, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and celebrate all those aspects. Yes. And I finally saw why I didn't see it at that point when it was a time when some of my friends would say, I really get offended when someone says, I don't see color.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: And I would say, but what they're trying to say is, I see your essence. Right. I see who right. you really are. Right. But I got it. With yeah. that, I think that the fact that we were truly celebrating our children's heritage mm-hmm. made me realize, wait, 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 let's see each other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: You know, let's yes. see one another. Let's see what, what we're about. Yes. You know? And, and by that, I mean, let's see our skills. Let's see mm-hmm. our hearts. Let's see our yeah. minds. You know? And let's see our color and let's see our culture and religion. Whatever fires you up, I want to see it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So this, I'm so excited right now because (laughs) the way you told that story is so similar to the story that I have. And um, it's so funny because I had this memory today. I must have known this was going to come up in this conversation, but this morning I had this memory when I was like in my twenties, I was traveling through Europe and I, I'm obsessed with basketball. Like I always wanted to be a, a basketball coach, like a professional or college basketball coach. And now I really just love coaching and teaching. Like, that's what I've always wanted to do. It was just like a different thing that you would fill. And it's like, oh, high school teaching, basketball, you know, adults, coaching, principals. Te- it was always just, a, just fill in the blank. It was always a different group that I just love teaching and coaching. But I was sitting in, I wanna say the Netherlands. I don't remember which country. And I was like in my twenties and I had this, what I now understand is like an intuitive, intuitive guidance, which was like, you're going to work with people across the world. So the way I trans- translated that in the moment, because I was sitting watching Europeans play basketball, like watching them, <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, I, I want to go around the world coaching basketball or like doing basketball camps or whatever. So that's what I thought I would do. But of course, then all the conditioning and everything, and it's like, well, how are you going to do that? And are you really going to change, change countries every year and all that. But as you were telling the story, so, you know, the school that I started, um, it's all about diversity and I'm really clear that it's not, um, sometimes use the word, people use the word diversity, like a person of color, like diversity, and they're really saying a person of color. And I'm like, no, 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 we need to define, what I mean by diversity is just like a lot of different cultures, ethnic groups, people, ideas, perspectives, and all that. And um, and so, as I was hearing you speak though, I was like, yeah, and then why was I building that school? And I worked with a life coach for five years and she she'd always be like, are you opening that elementary school because something within David, you know, she'd always do it very nicely. (laughs) So your point of like, get, get,
0: yeah,
1: get Faye's out of the way. So I wish she would have actually been really direct with me and been like, you have inner child wounds and you need to deal with that inner child instead of going and starting all school to try and solve the problem. But either way, it was really cool because I did start a school. I've started multiple schools as you know, but as, as I'm going on my next project, it's really about, um, that international intuitive message I got when I was 20-something, which is now with the internet, like you said, now with technology, we can actually connect across the globe with people from so many different places. And it's, it's actually, we're so interdependent. We know that. But with technology now and going through the Shefali course and with, with my, oh, it's 444 here. It's one of my favorite numbers. Of course, I'm making this point at 444, but the vision of Heart of the Matter is to actually connect all kinds of different people together across the world and to leverage the beauty of technology instead of being the enemy, like you said, but actually leveraging like the friends I have from that one year course. I didn't actually do Year of Waking Heart, I just did Year of Manifestation. And I actually came in a couple months late, but I ended up having now I have friends all over the world. And it's so cool because I'm learning all these different perspectives, but I'm also learning that we're all basically the same at the end of the day that we're all interconnected, we're all interdependent, and our essence is really the same, but it's all these things we kind of put on the outside that make us different. But of course that's important, you know? And so um, I think that's really, really cool. And I love the vision and I love the story that you had of like the kids sitting together because when they're babies, there's actually a cool documentary, I think it's called Babies, about different babies in different countries. Have you seen it? No. Okay, I'm gonna put it in the in the show. Wait, note,
0: it's, wait it's, an maybe, old one,
1: it's an old one. Right? I think yes, it's maybe I ten or fifteen years old. Yeah, it's like a San Francisco. It's like it's like five different countries. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool, really cool. So when you were talking about that, I'm like, reminds me of that documentary. <laughs> but anyway, so that's really really exciting. So you're actually thinking about um, all these different facets now, and the global minded parent is one facet of your like the real. It sounds to me like your real mission is around. Um, helping people with consciousness and mindfulness and leadership, communication, parenting, like there's a lot here. It's it's all the same, but it's all not the same, Uh, but it's all different, but it's all the same, but it's all connected, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's all different, but it's like you were saying, but it's the same. I think that as you and I, um, you know, travel through this journey, we will find that um, it evolves. Yeah. And every every moment calls for something something different. And I think that um, there is an urgency almost um, right now, um, Mm -hmm. and which is why we really need to put all our efforts into being conscious, being mindful, and also a huge effort into oneness. And I love what you said about diversity because that's, uh, I think in the past, that's what we've all thought about. When we talk about diversity, um, it was always a person of color. But what people, what I, my journey with diversity became, wait a minute, no, diversity goes way deeper than that. And I remember teaching the kids when they were little that um, they had these IB, International Baccalaureate School, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. one of them is Share the Planet. And I used to tell them, okay, this goes into the model mommy has for diversity and how we all need to be one. Mm-hmm. When we're not the same. And so we included people actually of different abilities in that bracket.
1: Yeah, you know? exactly. So mm-hmm.
0: what you know, um, there was a cafe actually uh, in the neighborhood at the time that was the first one to hire um people who have autism.
1: Oh, okay. And yeah.
0: so we, we, we used to frequent and support that and we would mm-hmm. say, hey, our neighborhood just became more diverse.
1: Right, exactly.
0: You know, exactly. and it just it's just more let's include, let's include, you know, we've got we have so much to offer. And mm-hmm. and I think when one of them was younger, I can't remember if it was the older one or younger one, she came home upset about something mm-hmm. uh, with the girls and drama and she yep. said, mommy, why do people act as if there isn't enough oxygen?
1: <laughs> I love it. plenty of yes.
0: oxygen for <laughs> all of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she has an abundance mindset yes instead of instead of living in the city of scare scare city she's got an yes. abundance
0: mindset. Yeah. and and I think we've become that I love what you said city of you know scarcity we've yeah. we've been conditioned to go out there and mm-hmm. take your around one and yeah. because of that mindset it's become it's me or you
1: yes so you yeah mm-hmm.
0: and there's a pause in there mm-hmm Right. And the pause is, wait, just, just wait. And then look at this. There's plenty for all of us.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, know, I titled the podcast, A Conscious Way Forward. And we were talking briefly before that um, everybody wanted me to do it about education. And then um, I was going to do it about leadership. And then I was like, wait a minute. I think it can be about leadership education and spirituality and so that's that's what it ended up being and I still get people say like oh it's two it needs to be narrowed down and I'm like well if, if I need to narrow it down at some point I will but I got to go with intuition here people and that's what I'm told to do but, um, but it's a conscious way forward because what I feel very strongly through my intuition is that the the future is very different and 2020 is the pulling the rug uh, you know and showing us what's under all the darkness that's under the rug and turning the table upside down. And the future, as we move to a conscious way forward, it's gonna be about all different types of people coming together, right? And that's, that's why 2020, we had to really look at our racist systemic racism, right? And we had to really say like, let's really talk about this in the diversity term. I remember I met Robin Williams at this fundraiser in um, San Francisco, and one of the women I met was telling me how she lived in Santa Cruz and she kept saying, but there was a real diverse community that made me nervous. And she kept saying it and I, my wife and I had to walk away because we're like, well, we don't <laughs> wanna make a scene with, with Robin Williams, but this is really awkward. But um, but anyway, so as we as the future unfolds, it's gonna be about more interconnectedness. It's gonna be about more like communities coming together, less of the kind of top-down hierarchies. Everything's gonna be more circular. And, um, and so I really love what you're working on because I really do think that is, future and it's a conscious way forward because we're all the 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 planet is rising in consciousness and you're either going to be on the boat or you're not (laughs) so and sometimes you don't even know you're on the boat because there's so much pain that you keep having to go through until eventually you wake up and and you decide that you're going to really start to um you know come part of the conscious journey but it's it's uh i really really love what you're doing and now i know why i'm talking to you because we need you we need you so tell us about the, um, so we're recording this on eleven eleven, which is not a coincidence that we're doing this on 11, 11 and it is probably, I don't know what date it will be released, but in a few weeks. So tell us a little bit about the course and like, is it, is it, do you have a start date yet? Or is it still kind of in the, in the works?
0: So I'm going to tell you about that, but I wanted to give oh, you a yeah. little feedback about the conscious way forward. Something just oh. came, came through me. Beautiful. Um, so here's what I'm thinking. 2020 to me, has become that dormant volcano, mm-hmm. that lay dormant. We knew it wasn't fully dormant. It just hadn't erupted in many, many years. Yep. That's- but we also know that for an eruption to occur, the conditions have to be right for it. The conditions yes. have to be just perfect for that eruption. Yes. And I think it's safe to say we have erupted. <laughs> yes. Um, the conscious way, the mindful way, the present way, it's only here. David. Yes. Yes. Not yes. in the past. Exactly. Right? And think about everything we've talked about since I met you and this evening. Yeah. Let's you know, let's talk about oneness. Let's talk about diversity. Yeah. Let's talk about education. Let's talk about mindfulness. Let's talk about togetherness and inner child and healing and moving forward. It's all a conscious way forward. Yeah. So I think that you actually nailed it. If this was about education or anything else you would have narrowed it down too much mm-hmm. things evolve yes, and, yes. Things, and what this moment is calling for is a conscious way forward yes and, no, and that and
1: that's what i kept getting intuitively over and over and over and all the experts kept telling me you know because i went from schools to business so as i was building heart of the matter and the podcast and i was trying to ask the experts like what are you supposed to do I, i've never done this before And I just, I was in so much resistance and I joked and said, why couldn't you have told me this a year ago, Faiza, then I would have saved so much suffering, but I had to go through the process. And this is actually what you have to do. You have to go through the process on your own and you don't know it until you know it. You don't see it until you see it. And, um, but it's really clear to me now. It's very, very clear to me, especially with 2020, because when I was having the the suffering of going through this and creating all the suffering, it was like, and the resistance, this is before 2020. And now that 2020 has come, I'm like, no, this is. This is it. And it's really, really clear what, why I'm doing this podcast because I want people like you to be for as many people to hear it as possible. And because I know that there's a team of us that are coming together to help humanity rise in consciousness. And that's the mission of Heart of the Matter. That's the other thing that I went back and forth on until everyone told me that shouldn't be the mission. It's too weird. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, but it's the first thing on the website. Yeah. The mission is to help humanity rise in consciousness. Yes. So that's what I'm doing for my quick time on this planet. Yes. <laughs> and um, and I know you're I know you're on the on a similar journey, so it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, I think you know, we, we have to do what we have to do in order to leave this planet and this universe in and, and not to say better hands. But yeah. I truly believe that, one, in sending the elevator back down, mm-hmm. uh, when you overcome, you have to remember that it's your responsibility to help others overcome. Yes, and, yes. Uh, yes, Absolutely. So I think that it's definitely important to leave this planet and this universe a better place than we found it. Yes, and, yes. And, and leave your imprint there, something that will continue to do good long after we are gone. So, mm-hmm. and, and I think... That's why I'm focused on different facets of, of being a mindfulness facilitator. So I yeah. thought, what, we, what is being called for right now? What are we being asked to do? And yeah. I think what we're being asked to do is just to hear each other out. Yes. yes. You know, it's at the very basic level right now. Um, I think the bar is so low when it yes. comes to um, where humanity has gone in the last, um, in the last few months. We've had mm-hmm. COVID. We've had a real struggle for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, people have lost lives. People have lost jobs. Yeah. So, so I feel like empathy is needed. Compassion. Yes. Is yes. Needed, but at the very basic level, we need to see each other again. We need to yes. hear each
1: other again. Yes.
0: And yes. we need to reconnect, and yes. then we can we can transcend just a little bit. So yes. I think that I will likely have different installments of. Uh, mindfulness being facilitated but i really wanted the first one to be on mindful dialogue and communication oh
1: beautiful uh, yes
0: so the hope is right now i'm actually working on the flyer i'm working on the website okay, great and it'll be done by zoom okay it'll be a little circle of connection mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, unfolding via zoom and i will, my goal is to have it up and running so that the first session is december 1st
1: Oh, cool. Okay. So this could be timing. This could be timed really well. Yeah. Like when this yes. comes out, but yeah. Okay. December 1st.
0: Yes. So I would really love for people to find a meaningful way to connect and it's there it's inside.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, you yeah. know,
0: just to tap into it and have a meaningful holiday break. Yes. Yes. And recharge and reconnect and come back ready for more. And then we can decide what the moment needs in January and curate another one from there. But for now, I am really feeling the need for just seeing each other, yes. excuse, seeing each other, and and connecting.
1: No, I think that's so beautiful. And as you were talking, I could see you doing this in so many different places. <laughs> I was like, she could do this in the corporate world. She could do this at schools. She could do this like being a mindfulness facilitator. I just saw it all unfolding, and that's what happens to me. I just see it. So um yep. i don't know what that means because it's hard to translate what the message i just got but it's something about you doing it in a lot of different places so thank
0: you i am really hoping to take this into schools okay. um and I, I took a couple of courses um through mindfulschools.org.
1: oh great oh you told me yeah mm-hmm.
0: and the way their program works is that you have a lot of teachers on the program okay and um you have to pair up with someone so it was you know, for every assignment you have to pair up with someone. I mean, every week you have to pair up with someone. So it was really great to just get that feedback from teachers and educators Mm -hmm. and see them taking this back into the classroom. So I definitely plan to lead a few sessions locally in in our schools next semester.
1: Oh, and schools are great because schools are ready for this type of work because it's such a heart-centered place that they're they're ready for this and sometimes the the heart is lost through the bureaucracy and the but the teachers always are filled with heart and they're they'll be ready for this so that's really really cool and it is um yeah it's just no I can see this I can see this this is this is great this is great oh and I was gonna say it's so needed because I remember when I was first starting my charter school here in Sacramento and there's always a lot of division in the charter schools versus the traditional public schools and the districts and all that. And I was like, I just don't want to deal with, it. I just, that's not me, you know? And the first night we were like trying to go in front of the school board and we had um, like gotten someone to serve hot dogs and stuff. And we were kind of having like a party in the, in the parking lot of the school district in front, of, in front of, before the school board meeting. And one of the employees from the district just walked up to my um, director of operations. And he said, what are you doing here? And then she said, oh, we're trying to start a charge school. And then he just made a really rude comment. And then she made a rude comment back to him and said, you need, you need to stop talking to me. And at that moment, I was like, that's not what this school is going to be about. Like, I'm not going to be the school. We're not going to be the division. We're not playing that. And I remember Barack Obama, when I was talking about this, like, are you tired of the same old arguments the same old conversations, the same old division, the same old, same old. And I. it was that moment where I was like, this school I open, even in the most difficult political battles where anyone from the school district is gonna see us as a threat and they're gonna walk up to us in the parking lot and start cussing us out, basically what they did. And I'm like, if I had talked to him, I would have been like, so can I get to know you a little bit better? Can I understand, like, are you a teacher? Were you a teacher? Do you love yeah. kids? I love kids. Um, you know, and I have this conversation with a lot of my friends that are in the traditional schools. And I just say like, we're doing the same thing. And, and then, you know, of course we know each other so they get there quickly. But that's, that's so, what you're doing, it makes me so um, hopeful and happy and excited because I just think that example of me having that divisive um, interaction or me observing it is what happens all the time. And now it's really heightened and accelerated and escalated in today, in 2020. And yes. it's, it's just showing us that the same old, same old is it's everything's changing. And so we need people like you and people that are listening. A lot of my listeners are the people that also have these types of ideas. And I'm always encouraging them, like, go for it, go for it. Just try it, do it. Because we need anyone who's done work on themselves. Like you said, Faeza, taking you out of and, and asking, is this for the world? And if the answer is yes, and you got the intuitive yes, like, really, I really want to encourage people just to go for it because it's all these little things that will keep, um, you know, continuing to grow and create all this beautiful, all these beautiful things for humanity because it's, it's what we need. Yes,
0: absolutely. I'm honestly, for me, taking me out of the equation has, has just been the most empowering thing. You know, it just put me in that space. If my kids need something, I question myself over and over. Is this, What's my agenda? What do I yes. really want to do? You yes. know what I mean? Am I doing this for me? Yes. Or is this for them? Am I doing this so that I can feel like I'm a great mom? Mm-hmm. You know, or is this really for their development? Or is this really yes. for their benefit, yes. for their growth, for their right. essence? Right. So, you know, when we take us out of the equation, I think <laughs> magic happens.
1: Yes, that is, I hope that's like the thing that people take away. There's so many cool things that we talked about, but. Well, I'm going to wrap us up. Is there anything else you'd like to share as we close out from um, for, for this conversation?
0: Oh, I think it's been great. Thank you so much for having me. The course name will likely be Mindful Dialogue During Stressful Times. Oh, yes. I pulled uh, my Facebook group. Uh, I do have a Facebook group, and it's called yes. uh, Parents Mindfuling and Stumbling During a Pandemic.
1: Yes, and I'm on it and it's so good. And I tell Faiza, I'm the professional educator and I learned so much from the stuff she posts about the schools and I'll be telling someone at the school like, oh, do you know what happened in Miami with the, the kid that, you know, like <laughs> hacked into the whole system? Like I get a lot of good information and they think that I'm really well read, but I just look at your Facebook group. So it's a great group.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. So I pulled the group and I think the winning title is um, Mindful Dialogue during stressful times. So like we will it. talk about that. I thank you so much for hosting me, David. I think that we need each other. We need our voices out yes. there yes. and um, get your voices out there. I think that's what David is asking of you. David yes. is saying, take that leap. You have something yes. to offer the world, just do it.
1: That's exactly what I'm asking. I'm asking people to be their, their authentic selves and to take the quantum leap. So yes. if you got the intuitive tug, just go for it because this is the time is now now here. What is it? Now here. Now here. Yes, now
0: here. <laughs> You're not in the now here. You are nowhere. nowhere.
1: Yes. And
0: I'm going to add this. If this little girl that grew up in a little village in Africa mm. can travel the world yes. and transform her life in ways that she never saw possible yes. and can come to a place of so much love, having been brought up, in a speech that was loving, but also full of judgment and yes, full yes. of restriction of religion and culture and non-acceptance, mm-hmm. boy, can we transcend together?
1: Ah, uh, yes, Faiza, Yes, 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 yes. That is a great way to end. No excuses, people. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Thank you so Are much, Faeza.
0: Work done. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank what you.
0: What so a pleasure much. this has been. I really appreciate it.
1: What a great conversation. I feel very encouraged to help us transcend together after this conversation with FaZa. Conscious and mindful conversations are so critically important. This is why I've made it a focus in all of my work as a leader, and I know FaZa has done the same through her life and work. I loved FaZa's outlook on diversity and how the future will be all about different types of people, working to create oneness, not sameness. Faiza is launching a course called Mindful Dialogue During Stressful Times, and you can find out more about that in her Facebook groups, Global-Minded Parents and Parents Mindfuling and Stumbling Through a Pandemic and Beyond. I'm in both of them, and they're definitely worth your time. And if you want to get to know Faiza better or contact her, I would recommend going through those Facebook groups to get to know her better. Thanks, everyone.